Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. Welcome to this episode of Inspiring Women. This is a special episode today. Today we're speaking to what a new power couple looks like. We're speaking to the married couple of Corbin Petro and Jessica Gelman. Now, Corbin is an experienced CEO, industry leader, and entrepreneur. She's led several companies today. She's the CEO and co-founder of Eleanor Health, which is an addiction medicine, behavioral health um, organization. Prior to that, she was the CEO of Benavera Health. She previously was the chief operating officer of Medicaid in the state of Massachusetts. She's done a number of entrepreneurial things, including um, being well-recognized as a leader, a power person, a someone to know, an up-and-comer. Jessica Gelman is also an experienced CEO. She's an industry leader and entrepreneur in the area of sports, data, and analytics and technology. She's the founder of the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. And today she's the CEO of the Craft Analytics Group. She also is super accomplished, having been recognized as a 40 under 40, a power player, a game changer, a top 100 women um, in sports. And Corbin and Jessica, I'm excited to speak to you both today on Inspiring Women. Thanks so much, Lori. Great to be here. This is, this is really fun for us. Well, awesome. Well, listen, we're going to get started and we're going to figure out this new format and volley back and forth. But why don't we get started like we always do on Inspiring Women, a little bit about each of you. What do you do in your day-to-day as Corbin, for you, CEO and founder of Eleanor Health, and Jess, for you as the founder and CEO of Craft Analytics Group? Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll start. This is Corbin. So co-founder and CEO of Eleanor Health. We are, as, as you mentioned, in the mental health and substance use disorder space, we're really re- rethinking how individuals with substance use disorder are treated in this country. Um, we launched the company in 2019, and since then we've scaled pretty quickly. We're in six states. We have about 25 clinics, about 250 people on the team, and um, have just found through our evidence-based care model that we're able to deliver superior outcomes and have really been able to, to change people's lives. So really enjoying my time at Eleanor. As you mentioned, I've, I've spent my career in healthcare uh, about 20 years. First part of my career in, in consulting, really focused on providers, payers, tech-enabled services businesses, um, and then spent some time in the public sector working both um, at the federal level, level for a U.S. senator, um, as well as being chief operating officer of Medicaid in Massachusetts. So a lot of themes in my career focus on innovation, um, addressing the needs of underserved and marginalized populations, and really integrating technology and data into how we deliver healthcare. Awesome. Jess? Sure. So... Craft Analytics Group, otherwise known as CAGR, uh, which is a play on the phrase uh, CAGR in, in finance, which is compounding annual growth rate. Robert Kraft is uh, obviously one of the, the primary leads on this. <laughs> he likes to say you hire CAGR to get CAGR, which I think is uh, appropriate. 
So we spun out of, of craft sports and entertainment in 2016. We today work across the six major U.S. Uh, sports leagues with clients, uh, including the Philadelphia Flyers, the NFL, the Philadelphia 76ers on location, NASCAR among them. So really cool, interesting work, very focused on analytics and the application of technology and analytics to better engage the fan. We like to say that we help organizations get analytics right. And we do that through both our technology platform, which is a data management and advanced analytics kind of platform tool, and then consulting services where we're helping organizations on their analytics maturity or growth path. And, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. So that's kind of my my day job, I guess I would say. And then on the side, you mentioned the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. It's uh, this year's the 16th annual conference and very excited about it. We have anywhere from 2,500 to, to 3,500 people come to Boston uh, for this conference. It really brings together industry leaders. And the whole focus of it is how to apply and use analytics across the sports space. When we started 16 years ago, there was not a lot of this happening. And it's really become a mecca for industry thought leadership across the leagues. And, uh, and it's it's been really fun. We've had President Barack Obama at it, Nate Silver's a regular, and so on and so forth. So that's kind of the background of what I'm doing today. And, you know, I'm really excited to be on this podcast. Thanks for having Corbin and me. I love hearing, even as Corbin was just going on, I don't know if I've ever heard her kind of say her sales pitch. So of uh, who she is, which is obviously very inspiring to me. And I'm, I'm eager to get into the things that, you know, during the 12 plus years that she and I have been together, the impact I think that we've had on, on one another really positively. Well, the two of you come from, there are a lot of things that you have in common in your background long before the 12 years um, that you've been together. And what I find so interesting is, you know, I look at Ivy League schools, MBAs, you're both accomplished athletes. You both work in leading areas, healthcare, sports, but with technology data analytics as a common focus and innovation is clearly something that both of you are pushing the edges and boundaries of as you um, lead your companies. So I wanted to dig into a little bit of that background because you are in these two fields and these are not fields where women are at the top all the time. So you're, you're each one of few women CEOs in your respective fields. So maybe if you could eat, uh, maybe Jess, you can start in terms of like, how did you become a leader um, in this space? And I think there's a, you know, I've read some of the background, got this interesting story of how, how did you catch the attention and the support of someone, you know, as significant in the sports field as Robert Kraft? Well, just to start, Corbin and I often joke, I'll, you know, I'll say, oh, like you're saving lives. And she said, well, you're making people's lives worth living. And that's one of the one of the cool things, because I think sometimes like, oh, Corbin, what Corbin's doing, it's so important. But like for me growing up, uh, I grew up outside of Chicago and going to sporting events was just we didn't go to a lot of them, but it was something that really brought my family together. And I always thought it would just be really fun to be on the other side of that and helping to create those memories and experiences. I kind of come at everything from the perspective of the customer. I studied psychology in college at Harvard. Um, and then obviously went and kind of did consulting for a little bit, played professional basketball, and then really had a focus when I went back to business school of, of entering the sports space because 
it's funny to think about the growth of the sports industry over the past 20 years since I since I started working with the Kraft family. I mean, it was it was not the business that it is today. It wasn't the recognition, but I just thought that there would be an opportunity to create real change. Specifically, I didn't I didn't know what that would be, what would create that change. But in psychology, especially at Harvard, it is very statistically oriented. It's around running experiments and understanding what changes people's behaviors and thinking like that with tests and controls. And so, you know, pretty early on in my time working with the with the New England Patriots, kind of identified this opportunity to understand the customer and bring a different way of approaching it. And then over time, that grew to um, bringing analytics across the, the sports organization, and then ultimately more broadly across the industry and helping to spearhead that change. So, you know, we talk about, you, you kind of said the backgrounds that Corbin and I both have, which is, you know, Ivy League and then MBA. And I, and I think, especially as we're talking about women, and I, I'm hoping this maybe will change, but at least from my perspective, you know, I think we both were like working really, really hard and kind of taking a very traditional path because I don't know how acceptable it was for women to just, or, you know, societally to just kind of go out and be an entrepreneur or take this alternative approach. And I love that we both made our way to that ultimately. And I think uh, from my perspective, you know, seeing what Corbin was doing, and then I think some of the things that I had been doing were very impactful in that regard. But I, I just, in general, it's that we kind of took these traditional paths, I think, to kind of give confidence um, in what we were doing, because there weren't a lot of women. Like I always said, I wanted to go and get an MBA because I wanted optionality. And, you know, if if having a child was something that I wanted to do, you know, you hear all these stories about women not being able to get back into the workforce. So that was something that I really thought about. It turns out that that baseline was really critical and significant for being able to accelerate um, into the C-suite, you know, which Corbin and I were both able to do. So I hope I answered your question. I kind of went on a tangent there. It's a great tangent. And, you know, Jess, as you um, have said before, I just want to read a quote because I think it really speaks to and underscores some of what you're saying. You know, I, I remember reading in Forbes, you said, as you might imagine, there aren't that many female CEOs. There aren't that many female CEOs who are in sports and there aren't that many female CEOs who are in sports and tech and analytics. So from my perspective, I've always been comfortable pushing my own limits. And, you know, you're sort of underscoring, you know, we hear that in terms of those limits. And let's not forget, I mean, you know, in the LGBTQ plus community, there's that lens as well. And there's even fewer um, of those at the CEO helms of companies like you're both leading. What about you, uh, Corbin, in terms of, you know, just where you've come from, how did, how did that path to leadership and forging those, um, pushing those boundaries become important to you? This isn't the first time that you've led a company. Yeah, I mean, I think um, certainly our our upbringings, um, our, our different upbringings, they you know they shape they shape who we are and and who we become and and what we value. Um, you know, for me, I grew up in Ohio. Grew up in a in a family that that valued public service and service to others. You know, my family we spent we spent time not going to sporting events, but but really focused and committed to our church and community. Um, I was exposed a lot as the daughter of a, of a politician and public servant. We spent a lot of time going across the entire state of Ohio. And that was really stark to me to see the differences in how people lived and how non-genetic factors like environment, economics, 
um, all those types of things really impacted a person's health and well-being. And I think that background really led me to the path and the, the journey that I've had within, within healthcare and the areas that I focus on. So I often focus on you know, underserved populations, those who, um, who really, if you address some of those non-clinical factors and, and intervene in ways that support their overall rise as, as human beings, their healthcare improves alongside it. And so those are some of the things that I've focused on. Obviously, integrating technology and data has been a huge part of my career as well. And I would say Jess has only continued to foster that, our relationship and hearing what she does with data and being inspired with what she's created with the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference, spending time at that conference, seeing how other industries integrate data and analytics and being able to then take that into the businesses that I've run has been incredibly influential and inspiring. So you know, in, in my last company and in my, my current organization, we, we've created both of the organizations with data as a foundation and using that data as a differentiator. Um, I think data and analytics, particularly for women, as, as Jess noted, can be that, that factor, that it factor that sort of can be a component that, that really sets women apart. It's, you know, it's a skill set. It's using that, that data and you can use it also as part of your career. We, we know that the, what the data tells us about women in leadership, um, we know that women led companies uh, perform better. And so those are the types of data points that, that you can take and have in your back pocket as a, as a source of confidence as well. So that's all been part of my journey and sort of the, the directions that I've, I've pursued in my career. And so part of it is upbringing, part of it is exposure. Um, and then, you know, as, as we've talked about a little bit, I think having a partner at home who you're volleying back and forth with around different ideas, I think has, has only helped each of us in our, in our careers and to be able to innovate. Yeah, and Corbin, you know, you talk about some of those stats, you know, in terms of um, women-led companies have high high performance in terms of, you know, the, the data, but you also know that as a CEO and founder of a company who just closed, you know, this summer, a significant round for your company, that only 2.4% or less of the venture dollars are going to female-founded, female-led companies. So the data, it just doesn't stack up or seem to be equitably placed based on this data. And I think that, you know, clearly your comments and pushing those, trying to, you know, recognize that, speak about it, push those boundaries is helpful. Jess, you were going to add something there. I had two things I wanted to say, because you made a, a comment on, you know, visibility. And I think there's two ways that from a visibility perspective that really Corbin and I talk a lot about and we care about, you know, one as as female CEOs, like it's very we we are one really pushing and supporting women and we and I think both of us can share some specific stories there in a second. But like for Kager, sixty five percent of our executive leadership team is women, which we're really proud about, especially in the tech space, especially in sports, which is highly unusual. It is generally very male dominated. You know, for me also like growing up you know, my mom worked and I saw her working. And so that was, I mean, I kind of just knew that that was going to be part of it. So see it, believe it, I think is super, super critical. And I, and I think you mentioned the LGBTQ thing. And I think when Corbin and I first met, I was not out at work and, you know, she was, and was, you know, very like encouraging that it's important for, you know, the generations behind us to, to see, and see that it's okay. Cause if you're hiding it or whatever it might be, then it's like, 
uh, you're not comfortable with it and how can society be comfortable with it? Now, this was obviously 12 years ago. It was before uh, gay marriage was legal. But I think that was really powerful in terms of that experience. And then as Corbin and I have both progressed in our careers, the, the statement or point that you made on the statistic about the 2.4%, like, wow, like we see that, we feel it, we experience it. And so this focus on really being visible female leaders and using our uh, platform to help support and grow women is super significant. We can talk about a couple of things that both of us are doing in that space in a, in a bit. The other thing that I wanted to just share is Corbin alluded to some of the stuff that she's taken from, from the analytic work that we've been doing in the same respect, like so much of my focus initially was really on the customer side, like very, like, how are we going to improve the customer experience? How are we going to engage them differently? I really remember this one morning when we were living in Boston, we were, we would walk our, our dog at the time. Um, and Corbin was telling me about this concept that she had um, at Medicaid about fraud, waste and abuse and tracking uh, some specific areas. And I was like, wow, I hadn't even thought about that operational kind of tactical component of it. And I think I'd just taken over running some supply chain related businesses. And it was very much like, okay, this is really interesting to think about applying data in a different way. And it was just like a casual conversation. But as you, you can imagine, having a lot of those types of casual conversations, it just accelerates and expands how you're thinking. I want to note that we don't always just talk about business, but it's like something that we are, we both really care about. And um, I think has really helped us both progress probably at a faster rate than, than we otherwise would have. Well, it, you know, having that, you know, we'll call it just a little home conversations and being able to build off of each other's ideas is really important. But at the same time, you know, it, uh, let's move to maybe inspiration because you've talked a bit about sort of how you became leaders and, you know, where that initial passion came from. You're clearly both passionate about the work that you do as well as, you know, making the world a better place in many ways beyond just the, the business aspects. And again, you know, Corbin, to quote you, um, you know, talking about your career, I've, I've heard you on different interviews talk about leaving the world a better place than we found it. And clearly in the area of health, there's so many opportunities um, to do that. Although Jess, I'll tell you that if we didn't get football back um, in the McGraw home, that saved my marriage. But anyway, that's a different, <laughs> that's a different story. So I agree the sports are really important. But maybe let's talk about inspiration. So clearly you get inspiration from each other. But how how what inspires you now in both the work that you do, the boundaries that you're pushing? Is it just each other? What, what's inspiring from each of your perspective? Maybe Corbin, we can start with you. Yeah, I mean, in, in healthcare um, and in the work that we're doing, there's no shortage of uh, inspiration and motivation. Um, when you lead a mission-driven company that really you put mission as your, as your North Star and, and patients, their experience outcomes, and you feel this sense of confidence in the, the model that you're deploying and the impact that you're having on people's lives, there's no shortage of inspiration and, and motivation. And I think keeping that as the North Star is, is, can be challenging at times, particularly for when you have a company that's, that's VC-backed and where you have investors who are also looking to have a financial return. Um, but I think that's, you know, that's part of my, my inspiration. Obviously, my quote of leaving the world a better place, that's part of it. 
but that also transcends to the people who you work with. So, you know, we hire people who are committed to that mission and we hire people who we want to be around. And so people who have good energy, um, who you know that you can, as a leader, inspire and give promotional opportunities to and growth opportunities, that, that inspires me every day. I love building people and teams and particularly those who, who share, share in a mission where you know that it isn't just you know, us, you know, me and Jess uh, sort of leaving the world a better place, but you're sort of creating, creating a network of folks to do that. So um, those, those are the type, types of things that ins inspire me every day. I would say also, you know, I've, I've always felt comfortable so, sort of setting precedent. So we, we talked about being an LGBTQ plus leader. You know, I, I went to Wharton for, for my MBA. I was, I was one of, of 800 students in my class. I was the only out gay female in my class. And so I'm, I'm sort of, I was comfortable with that. I've been comfortable being out in the workforce. I've been comfortable sort of pushing those boundaries. And I think that inspires me too, to, to be setting that precedent, regardless of whether it's as a woman, you know, as a leader, as an LGBTQ plus person, um, all of that is, is an area that, that, you know, I feel like is an, is an important component of my leadership and it inspires the work that, that I do every day. Before we even go to Jess Corbin, I just want to like sort of dig into that a little bit and all those things being true, you know, when I hear you talk, honestly, it sounds super easy. Um, and like, you know, you've always been able to push these boundaries and then they just break through and then I just go on to the next, you know, fantastic leadership thing, accomplishment, um, success. There's literally no way that that can be true. Um, so just, you know, along the way, any um, sort of, you know, challenges you want to highlight and then how did you overcome them so that you can maintain that positive approach, confidence, energy to sort of continue on the journey and get up and be inspired to, to get to the next hurdle boundary um, that you're moving towards? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of hiccups and failures along the way or uh, stoppage points. So, you know, I think in my past, you know, as an injured athlete, I think that was, that was a challenge to, to overcome. Um, pushing boundaries isn't, isn't easy because you're off, you often get pushback, right? So you have to have a fortitude. Um, but, you know, certainly that fortitude wanes um, if you get continued pushback. So I think that's, that's another place where having a, a partner where you can bounce ideas off of and somebody who has your back is, is something that, you know, is incredibly valuable. I think about the 2.4% of female founded companies who get funding and gosh, how many of those CEOs have, have another CEO in their house that they can talk to um, of the same gender who they can talk to about that experience? Um, probably 0%, I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't have the data, um, but, uh, but probably pretty low. And I think like that keeps us focused on, on continuing to forge ahead. We both run into challenges all the time where we talk about certain headwinds that we've run into certain pushback, just the experience of being, you know, a woman fundraising or um, working in a male dominated industry, I think always has its, its challenges. And so you have to make sure that you, you have somebody to bounce those experiences off of and somebody who has your back. 
And it also speaks to, I mean, so many women talk about the importance of the mentor network, the supporters, the people who can give you the real talk about how you are either dealing with a particular situation. The challenges come in lots of different flavors. And um, so having that support is clearly so important to both of you. What about you, Jess, in terms of the inspiration that you get, and not just from Corbin, but just, you know, for, you know, the space that you're in, I mean, healthcare, while um, still in many ways, uh, male, uh, male dominated, I would say that sports is a bit more on the male dominated front than, um, than healthcare even. Well, I actually wanted to, if, if I can, like, I've actually seen Corbin work through challenges, right? And across all different types of challenges, it could be anything from, you know, breaking her foot during the pandemic to our basement flooding to, you know, dealing with, you know, staff leaving or whatever the challenges are. And I think where I believe Corbin always succeeds and how she gets through it is kind of twofold. One, she's always thinking of others. Like she's always thinking about what can I do to help someone else? And that is the people that work for her that's in our home. And then the other thing that I see is that she just outworks. Like I, of course, get worried when, you know, we wake up in the morning and I'm like, did you sleep last night? And she goes, no. And I'm like, oh no, she's stressed about something and she's just going to go and try and figure it out. And that's, you know, I think we talked about the background of being Ivy league athletes. And that's just one of the things like we're, we're both type a in very different ways I would offer. Um, but like, we will focus on doing anything we can in order to become a college athlete at an Ivy League school. That balance of academics and pushing yourself physically and managing that is very challenging. And it really, at least from what I've seen from Corbin and from my own experience, really like sets the stage for being able to manage being a CEO and also having a young family. So we are going to have failures that it happens. We support each other through them, but like, how are you going to respond to to those setbacks? And that's kind of what I've seen consistently Corbin do. That's been really awesome in terms of inspiration. Well, I was pretty inspired with Cor by what Corbin just said about her team. That was, that was great. Um, from my perspective, uh, you know, our kind of mission at Kager is to redefine the sports industry through tech and data. And I love that we're at the forefront of changing uh, how people approach engaging customers, leveraging technology to, to kind of ease the experiences of the people who are working in the industry, creating new opportunities. The sports industry is changing at such a rapid pace right now. Uh, there's NFTs, there's gambling, there's um, looking at player data. And it's just a really fun, fun environment to be in. And so I'm inspired by the work that we're doing and the people that we're engaging with it. Sports is like a really fun industry. There's a type of person that gravitates towards the industry. It's just, it's fun to talk with people. It's fun to have the conversations as you alluded to about the game last night. Everyone was tired in the office yesterday because we were up until midnight watching not a very exciting game, but watching the, the Patriots and the Bills play. So I think like this, being able to affect change in people's day-to-day -day lives is very impactful and inspiring to me personally. I love our team. We're growing really quickly. The number of people who have, who I've worked with for an extended period of time and seeing their growth within the organization and seeing how as Kager grows, the, the, the folks are, are taking on more and rising to the challenge. Like that's also really 
impactful, that we are finding ways to help grow people. I love that component too. And again, it's, it's really, it, again, we're tech, so it's, we have fun. Like Corbin has heard it. We had a miniature golf tournament uh, in our offices uh, over, over Halloween. We have a ping pong tournament going on right now. It's, it's just, it's a fun environment. Outside of kind of the, the work stuff, one of the big things that started to really resonate for me probably about three years ago, so a few years into being a CEO, was this concept of success to significance. And so, you know, we're still relatively early in our career, so it's not like we've had the, the massive, massive success that I think we, we think that we can ultimately have. But people often talk about careers in three phases, uh, you know, learning, earning, and returning. And I think for Corbin and I, we've always thought about the, the returning phase happening throughout. Like you don't need to wait until the end. And this, this significance point though, is something that I've really, really been focused on, which is what can I do now to create the change? And so one thing in particular from, from that is through the Sloan conference, is creating programs to get more women to the conference, get them exposure and gain, and for them to gain confidence so that we have, historically the conference has probably been, I mean, Corbin, hold me honest here, 90% men. Uh, and it's shifted over the years. And it's been very, very much, very focused on that. Even on the panels that we have in terms of speakers, I was like, I don't, not that I don't want a women in sports panel, but I want women on panels talking about what they're doing. So we started a mentorship program last year that was incredibly uh, impactful, and it was geared towards both underrepresented folks as well as women. And they were they were basically came to the conference on us, and then we also paired them with a mentor in the industry. And then this year we're kind of taking it one step further for you know more senior executives. Again, as I've kind of alluded to data and analytics and comfort with that, I think has really helped me and Corbin, I think both of us accelerate in our career. So how can we help folks further? We, we've created this multiplier summit and it's for women, it's invite only. It'll be the day before the Sloan conference, but the intention is to help level the playing field by giving people the toolkit and skills to actually apply analytics in, in their sports industry to their job. And so that's really like, how can we do these things uh, while, while we're like having impact in our jobs, but also having impact on society more broadly? It's, it's a big focus. Well, Jess, that's, I'll tell you, just listening to that, that is inspiring to me. I'm inspired. I mean, first of all, I will tell you just as a consumer of sports and, you know, watching it, seeing the level of technology that's in place in terms of what we're seeing, I agree. It is exceptional and exciting um, to see what, not just the stats, but what's being done. You talk about NFTs, that new and emerging um, space. So that's incredible. And I love what you're doing with the conference. I mean, that's only going to help. And I also, you know, this learning, earning, returning. I actually haven't heard that phase, but I love it. And that you're thinking about returning as not a end phase, but as a continuous phase from, you know, the beginning or the mid, um, the midpoint career that you are both, uh, both in is um, just awesome. I want to sort of can move I, to, go ahead. Can I say one more thing in terms of like, we're talking about these big things that inspire us, but I also just say more broadly, like, obviously for both of us, our kids inspire us, right? I mean, seeing them light up 
they both have seen us in in our roles and and like we don't know the downstream impact of how that's going to affect what they want to be but also like we know if we focus on making sure that we have two boys that they understand the importance of being allies like that's really critical you know a couple of other inspirations that i think have been profound for me the the times up movement that started out in 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 hollywood i just thought that was really great uh, uh, women kind of galvanizing and you see the impact that it's had um, and the notoriety that it's had and i think for both corbin and i recognizing that using our voice to have impact is, is super critical it is super critical. So let's move to, I, I've used this term and I don't know if you use it for yourself, you know, today's new power couple, which is the two of you. I don't know if you think of yourselves um, that way. Team CJ, I think is the term that you use to describe um, yourself. So as a power couple, um, CEOs, founders in technology, in sports, in healthcare, um, Let's talk about that. So you've talked about how you get um, inspiration and help from each other in terms of talking about things. Work-life balance, work with your family. How, how does that work? Maybe give us some um, insight to what it looks like in the home life. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, just a, going back to the inspiration piece, um, one, one other just comments on it, you know, Jess mentioned, and this, this leads into how we work together. She mentioned fun in part of her leading and bringing fun into things. You know, I joke that she's the, the fun parent. You know, I was, I was a disgruntled <laughs> so... Uh, you know, fun for me is going out and running 10 miles and cleaning the garage. Um, fun for, for Jess is a little different. Um, it's, it's sports, it's playing. And so I think that we bring that balance to our, to our family life as well. And, and to sort of how we manage, uh, you know, a busy, a busy household, um, raising two boys, um, raising two boys during a pandemic. And I think part of that is, is understanding each other's strengths. It's, you know, it's, it's, those are things that you bring to, to leadership as well. Um, we've been working really hard lately, for example, on delegating to one another in, in more concrete ways. So um, delegating such that somebody really owns the entire process versus sort of owns it, but the other person is sort of micromanaging. Um, and that full ownership of a process, let's say it's grocery shopping, means that if somebody owns it, the other one doesn't get to critique that we didn't get the cookies that we wanted this, this week. By the way, I, I, I know this conversation, just I'm very familiar with the micromanagement and commentary after the fact. <laughs> well, can I, I want to just offer, because I'm the one who owns the groceries, um, <laughs> that I, it has been huge not to have to uh, just, you know, I used to like ask Corbin if I was missing anything. And the time, and I think she thought that was annoying and I was trying to be nice and, you know, make sure I wasn't missing anything when I was, when I was like doing it. And, but, you know, it's a great win. So great idea, Corbin. <laughs> um, Maybe we should thank Glennon and Abby. Glennon and Abby, right. Um, the, the, uh, our, our two other um, power couple inspiration, I guess, uh, Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach. Um so, yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing that we've been working on. We, you know, we schedule just like we schedule our workday in our calendars. We schedule um, the rest of our life in in calendars, um, whether it's, you know, taking kids to events or coaching. Um, we both tried to be active in coaching our our boys and 
sort of bringing parts of our background and the things that were important to us growing up um, into their lives. We come from different religious backgrounds. We integrate both uh, the Jewish faith as well as the, the Christian faith into our lives. And so um, all of that, I think, is important to, to how we're raising our kids and then how we, how we manage our house. I think the pandemic introduced a lot of new complexities to that, you know, being without childcare for six months and managing through that. Um, it's all been in this sort of spirit of, you know, you said team CJ, that's how we think we think of ourselves as a, as a team. Um, and we try to lean on each other's strengths and figure out and, and love each other for our, our differences and the different perspectives that we bring. And so that's, it's not easy. It's really, really hard. <laughs> and it doesn't, um, it doesn't always, you know, it's not, it's not all roses. Like there's, there's a lot of challenges to making sure that we're that we're managing things appropriately. And sometimes we feel like we're getting a B, a B plus everywhere and not getting any A's. And I think that that's just the challenge of the, the you know, balancing careers plus family, um, plus all the other pieces that we're trying to, to manage. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Jess? Or on team, the J of Team CJ. <laughs> um, I, I mean, first it's really fun to be on a team with Corbin, you know, like we, as she alluded to, we have very different strengths. I think we complement e each other really well, despite what may appear to be a lot of similarities. Um, and I think that that's, that's really critical. The communication is really the, the biggest area of focus for us. We try to carve out both daily times to connect. So we, um, we always, try anyways at six o'clock to, to meet in the kitchen to make dinner um, and get a half an hour there to just kind of catch up on the, on the day. Uh, does it always work? No, I might have something that runs late. She might have something that runs late. There's been a lot of like kind of great parts of the, about the pandemic, which is uh, that either neither of us are have been traveling as much as we had. Now that's about, it has started to change so that we'll have like new interesting challenges ahead. But then also having some of the the other activities, you know, whether that's a date night or give the kids Legos one night so that we can play Scrabble or something like that. Um, but communication is key. Like it's hard. This I think Monday we just realized that our our oldest has a half day today, and we're like, okay, like let's sit down with our calendars and figure out how we're gonna we're gonna to figure this out especially when we ha we're having some childcare issues right now due to COVID. But that that's the communication is really key. And and by the way, like when we're during the workday, we're not, we are both totally zoned in on our work. So we're not in constant communication. There's stuff that's happening for both of us that we're not necessarily aware of. But if Corbin calls me, it doesn't matter really what I'm doing. I'm answering the phone because I know it's important. She wouldn't call me otherwise. And so it's still like, what are the priorities? And then with our kids, like we're really trying to, to nurture the things that they care about and they love, but also trying to make sure that they recognize that they're part of our team and encouraging them to take responsibility. They're, they're um, five and eight now. So they're starting to get more involved in, in that component. But as Corbin said, it, it is, it isn't easy. I think we're so we have so much going on that when something unusual happens, like as I alluded to earlier, our basement flooding, it's really hard. And because it's just this incremental, like we're already tight in terms of what we're doing, it's this incremental pressure. And honestly, something like that does seem to come up every 
you know, three months or so. So it's really then how are we going to work through it together? Where are the times and spaces that one of us can bend? So, you know, last year, Corbin was going through her raise and it was very intense. And at that time I was trying to, I was trying to take on more at the same time, you know, when it comes around to the Sloan conference and I'm balancing that as well as, as Kager, like Corbin will definitely take on more. So do we always talk about it? Like, no, but I think over time we, we of course know each other and sense when the other person is stressed and we've been, both of us have a natural inclination to try and step up and help. And that makes it a lot better for us as, as a, as a cohesive unit to work together. Well, it's really sort of interesting to hear the what's behind the scenes, because again, as CEOs, leaders, founders of high growth companies in pretty intense fields, you know, to see sort of how you balance that with just the realities of also managing a younger family in a pandemic with all of the new issues, you know, in terms of childcare, lack of childcare, all of those things that we're all um, hearing about and you're actually grappling with and flooded basements. I think we've all been there. They never Never come at the right time um, in terms of those annoyances, but you have to deal with them. This is um, just such a great conversation. I wanted to close out sort of where what we're talking about inspiring women about just your respective fields and the outlook for the fields. Are you, I mean, we've talked about the issues of, you know, how many women are necessarily in the fields, opportunities for, are you annoyed by these issues? Are you optimistic about the future? What are, what are your thoughts just the future of both um, technology, sports, technology, healthcare, what you're seeing. Maybe Corbin, you can touch on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, while I get frustrated at times, certainly with the, you know, sort of the status quo, I see changes ahead. And I think part of those changes are, uh, you know, Jess talked about the mentorship program and sort of inspiring women um, who are on, on the rise, I think as well women have started to, where I'm seeing this more, women have started to, to help their peers and support one another um, across, you know, sort of the equal playing field and raise women up. One example from my recent past, and I didn't, I didn't know that I had this influence. Um, and once I realized I had this influence, I quickly tried to deploy it, but I, I have a, um, a seven person board with my company and, you know, I'm, I'm a member of the board and, for, for the first two and a half years, it was um, largely a male, a male board and myself and had, had the opportunity to um, influence and select um, three new board members. And three of those board members are on our board now and are, and are women. Um, and so I think that realizing the influence that you have, I think women are starting to realize that they have more of an influence and they have more of a say and that they can support other women you know, who are peers, um, who are up and comers. And so I see progress ahead. I'm also a pragmatist. And so I recognize that that there's probably hurdles ahead, um, particularly when the economy takes a step back, people tend to return to, to old patterns. And so while we've been in, in a largely improving and good economy the past decade or so, you know, setbacks often impact those who are you know, different. So I'm ex I'm excited generally about I think the the trends that we're that we're seeing and and this new era of women coming into to leadership positions and and supporting other women part of their trajectory. Thanks so much, Corbin. What about you, Jess? I think we have a long way to go, unfortunately. When I think about even when I was in college in the 90s and I thought that it was even or fair, and it wasn't. 
and I try to impart to women who are starting their career or in the middle of their career that this concept of like how much better do women need to be in order to get the opportunity. But I think that that is true. Look at sports as like a good example. Historically, women haven't had a place in sports because they didn't play sports, right? They didn't maybe know the game. That didn't exist. Technology and data helps provide a different perspective. It's not just your experience. It's that your it's your capabilities and your abilities. I look at STEM and getting young girls into STEM. Like we need to do, we need to help women and girls, you know, across all aspects from middle school to high school to college and into their careers gain comfort and recognize that that technology and analytics can really help level the playing field. Will it ever be a meritocracy? I don't know. I mean, I sure hope so, but we need more women to, and I think there's so many women who are doing this to uh, help folks around them and after them. And I think for Corbin and I, it's really, it's part of our mission to, to do what we can. Um, so do I think it will happen within the next generation? I don't, but I, I mean, I'm hopeful that maybe within the next hundred years, we'll get to a place of more um, equity in terms of both pay and women in CEO level roles. And, and I do think that these efforts that have been made to ensure that a woman has to be on a board is critical because as we kind of said at the beginning, when you can see women in the seat, it has value, then you can imagine yourself in the seat. So we got a ways to go, but we're on the right path, I guess I would say. But it has to be a focused effort by a lot of people, everyone really. I, I agree with both of you. I mean, and I think the, um, you know, there's reasons to be optimistic, um, but also pragmatic. There's a lot more, um, there's a lot more to do. This is just such a great conversation. I want to just close out last closing comments here. You're both role models in each of your respective um, fields and even together and even, you know, as a, as a power couple an inspiring, inspiring um, power couple for other listeners, other women who want to be like you, what, what's just sort of last nuggets of wisdom or advice that you might give them? Jess, your last thought there? Mine is always be curious. Uh, I didn't know anything about running a technology company when I kind of proposed that <laughs> to the crafts, um, you know, seven or eight years ago. Um, I didn't know what analytics was or marketing was when I started in that phase. No one in my family played basketball. So it was all really self-taught and wanting to constantly be learning. Then Corbin makes fun of me because of the number of books that are just next to my, next to us, to my, in, my, in bed. I'm just hoping I absorb them through osmosis. Uh, <laughs> but, I think, but I think it is about being curious and asking lots of questions and talking to people and doing research and always trying to, to better yourself. That, that's, really, that's really what I think is the best advice. Awesome, Corbin? And I and I, I would I would add yeah I love I love um, people who are curious intellectually curious um, you know ask ask a lot of questions I think that that is a common theme for us but I, I would I would add um, you know work hard and help others um, you know work, working hard is a is a strong um, tenet of mine it's almost just a core belief that just living a life of of hard work can be um, incredibly fulfilling um, and so. 
work hard and, and always think of others and help others where you can, you know, even if there isn't, you know, I think a lot of people think about the, the, you know, what, what am I going to get out of it? Don't, don't have that mentality, um, work hard and help others. I think it has always been something that I think both of us, um, have, have taken to heart and just ultimately leads to a more fulfilling life. Well, it is, um, it's great advice from both of you. I have really enjoyed this conversation. I can't thank you both enough for, um, you know, being on Inspiring Women. I leave this conversation inspired myself just hearing each of your stories and also how you support each other and provide that encouragement, which is, and real talk, which is so important for just continuing to push the boundaries that you both are. So thank you again for being on Inspiring Women. We have been speaking with Corbin Petro and Jen. Jessica Gelman and Corbin and Jess, thank you very much. Thank you. It was a blast. Appreciate you having us on. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.